Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And let's talk about fit. When we talk about athletes and we talk about teams and we talk about let's let's just pretend let's just talk about the draft. Especially in football, it is so important where you are drafted. It's so important who drafts you. It's so important the fit of the team, the fit of the player. It's so important if those two coincide together. The thing about being drafted, let's say the first, let's say first round. The thing about being drafted first round, especially in the NFL, is that you know, especially the first 10 picks, you know the team you're going to more than likely is not good. You know, you got the Clevelands, well, Cleveland back in the day, you got the Clevelands, you got the 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 Jets, you got the Giants, you got the Washington Redskins. Like, you know the team that you're going to is not good. And the thing is, there are some players that have high expectations coming out of college. But it all matters about the team. Like, like, like let's look at a let's look at a player versus let's look at RG three. Some people say RG three. And Washington was a good fit. You know, RG3 won Rookie of the Year. He took the Washington, he took Washington to the playoffs. But do you feel, I feel RG3 could have been a whole lot better and his career could have went a lot differently if Washington helped him develop a lot more than they did. Yes, I know it was injury, but if you know a player can't, let's, let's, let's just talk RG3. If you know a player can't slide or not good at sliding, shouldn't you work with him extensively to to extend his career, especially if this is a franchise cornerstone. When you look, at, like I said, when you look at teams and you look at players and you look, the fit has to be there. The fit doesn't have to be, if the fit's not there, there's always going to be a cap. There's always going to be a limit that quote-unquote player or, or quote-unquote team can hit. And I say all this to say, Jamal Adams last week for the or safety for the New York Jets demanded a trade. And he also gave seven teams that he's be, he'll be willing to go to. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give one pro and one con about each team. But before I do that, like I said, I want to talk about the fit. Jamal Adams is more than likely one of, if arguably the best safety in all of football. Yes, he plays for an organization that is not winning, but that's not on him. He's the best player on the New York Jets. Some people can ar- argue Sam Darnold, but there's a lot of people that's not even that doesn't even think Sam Darnold's good. There's no argument about how good Jamal Adams is. Not only is he best safety safety, he's one of the best defensive players. You can line him up multiple. You can line him up at safety. You can line him up at cornerback. You can line him up at. Uh, defensive end like he's a he's a football player let's just say that and Jamal Adams comes from a team in LSU I believe that is used to winning and it's not only and I'm not saying that the only reason why he wants out of New York is due to the fact that they're not winning I believe it's a lot of things. It's the fact that they're not winning. It's the fact that year after year after year, he has produced 
and his name's always in trade rumors, his name's always in trade talks, is the fact that he wants to get paid like the top player, like one of the top players in the NFL, which he deserves to. Yet the yet the knit the the Jets say, oh no, he's only a safety, which means he only or warrants warrant he only is worth this amount of money just because of his position. And I think if Colin Colin Cowherd said it best to, uh, yesterday, he said, okay, so you're saying you don't want to pay him due to the fact that he's a safety. So then you drafted him because you needed a safety. So how is it that, oh, we don't want to pay you all this money because you're a safety, yet we're going to draft you because we need a safety? And the thing is, it's not like it took a few years for him to – he popped year one, and he's continuously – like he continues to be good year after year. He continues to be a pro bowler. He continues to to be one of the top, if not the top player in, of his position. And yes – excuse me. Yes, I know he's a safety. But you needed a safety, and now he has he has matriculated into one of the best players in all the football. And now you're you're trying to hold out and not try to pay him. It's all about fit. I'm pretty sure if Jamal Adams went to um, the Bears or something, or which is a little better of an organization, it still has his bump bumpers in the road, but a little better organization. If if Jamal Adams went to a Steelers or a Patriots or a What's what's a or a, or a Chargers or something like that? I'm sure that they would have compensated him with the money he deserves. He's getting paid close to nothing, especially being as good of a position. And the thing about it, and we just talked about fit, right? We just talked about it's 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 so important which team you go to. The thing is, Jamal Adams went to a team that he doesn't fit in. Yet he still produced and he's still one of the best players in all of football. So I'm not surprised that they asked that he asked for a trade. He deserves it. I would feel some type of way if I am number one in my class, number one at my job. And year after year, I keep seeing people around me that don't do as much work than me or don't or, or isn't as productive as me. Continue to advance as in continue to get get paid, uh, continue to get raises after raises after new positions. And I'm sitting here like, all right, when is my turn? And they keep telling me, oh, no, because you I don't know, because you're a manager or something, you can't go any higher. Like, hold on now. I'm Jamal Adams deserves to get paid. And he knows he deserves to get paid. And he's given the Jets ample amount of chances. And now, yeah, he demands a trade. So it's definitely it's definitely warranted and he definitely deserves to get to get paid one like like a top player. Right. So like I said, he gave seven teams. He gave the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through each team and give one pro about signing or trading for Jamal Adams and one con about trading for Jamal Adams. Let's start with the Ravens. The Ravens is a young, the Ravens, of course, uh, is a young team. You have Lamar Jackson. The Ravens to me is probably, especially with the new signees, the people coming back, is the most complete team in the NFL. 
you have offensive weapons left and right. You have running back. You have wide receivers. You have two. You have tight ends. And of course, you have Lamar Jackson on the defense. You have Calais Campbell. That's new. You have you have Earl Thomas. You have so many pieces, and I think that one pro with adding Jamal Adams is that you will be even more complete as a team. You will have even more of a stranglehold, especially defensively on the entire league. Yes, they had a untimely exit from the playoffs last year, but we cannot forget how dominant they were in the regular season. So just so adding a player like Jamal Adams would do nothing but enhance their defense. But that also then brings the biggest con. You have to trade for Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams doesn't seem like a type of player that's not going to garnish a a king's ransom for because he's that good of a player. So how much do you really want to do you really want to, I guess, play with or or how much do you really want to pull from the team that's already on paper a complete team? Yes, it's never too much is, is people say that too much is a bad thing. And when it comes to talent, I don't believe that. But I do believe you have to understand what you're getting for talent and what you're giving up for talent. If you're giving up a cohesive team that without Jamal Adams is still Super Bowl, you know, could be a Super Bowl favorite. And just adding him, you're still going to be a Super Bowl favorite, but you're going to lose some really key pieces. Is it worth really doing? Now, yes, I understand Earl Thomas, who is the safety now, might be, you know, close to the end. But then again, who are you giving up now? Now, now you can say, all right, we'll give you a couple. We'll give you maybe a first round pick or a third round pick for him. Of course, we know how coveted how coveted uh, picks are in the NFL. That maybe with with maybe a couple players we don't know, but again, how much do you really want to tamper with a team that's already complete? And that to me is the biggest con for the Ravens. Let's go for the Texans, and I think the Texans might be one of the most interesting teams on this list. I think the Texans could use him the most, especially talk on defense, because we understand on offense. Yes, the Texans need it need a lot on offense but you have Deshaun Watson you have success offensively it's just defensively they can't stop and now yes the beginning of the year they were they were solid in the uh, defensively but you know you lose a Jadavion Clowney you lose a Honey Badger and you start to see that the defense just starts withering away and withering away and it came to a point last year where they couldn't stop anybody hell we remember the game when they play in the playoffs, they play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs scored what, like forty unanswered points on them. After being down, I think twenty to zero, they scored forty unanswered points. That's defense, and Jamal Adams would just sure up or or help integrate that defense into something great, and that is the biggest pro for the Texans. You you're already struggling defensively, but you know. You bring a player like Jamal Adams, that doesn't do anything but, or that does nothing but improve your defense. And I think on the flip side, the Texans, how much are you willing to pay? And who really wants to play for the Texans? And I'm just be real with you. 
when you lose players like Jadavion Clowney, when you lose players like Honey Badger, when you see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, who is arguably the best wide receiver, a lot of player, a lot of t- players may not want may not want to play for the Texans and for Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you have Deshaun Watson and other players under contract, but do you really want to leave a, a, a tough organization in 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 the Jets? And go to Houston, which, while you have a, a a top 10 quarterback in Deshaun Watson, everything around doesn't seem functional, doesn't seem like it's put together. Yeah, they still have, yeah, they signed Laramie Tunsil to a huge contract, but they still have offensive line issues. And just adding a safety won't won't automatically sure up and and fix their defensive problems not to mention again you're going to have to trade for him so who are you giving up to trade for him not to mention are you going to give him the contract that he wants because the one reason why he's leaving the Jets is because he wants a big contract because he deserves a big contract the Texans are you willing to do that you give up DeAndre Hopkins in order to pay Deshaun Watson down the road not to mention some of the some of the friction he had with Bill O'Brien. So you're trying to shore up money to get or trying to shore up space to give money to Deshaun Watson. Are you then going to turn around and pay Jamal Adams? So it's it's really uncertain for the Texans. I think that out of all the teams that he said, he probably helped the Texans more than anyone. But I think that it's it's to me, the Texans might have the biggest con out of out of everyone. It's like it's de- it's dysfunctional. Even though you have a solid quarterback, it's dysfunctional. So let's move on to the Chiefs. I mean, that's 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 pretty simple. What the what the biggest pro is? I mean, they're 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 coming off a Super Bowl. You have the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. You have Andy Reid, who's a great quarterback. You have you know you're playing with Honey Badger. You're playing with Super Bowl champions. I, you're going to Super Bowl winning team, <laughs> like with the best player in the in the sport. So that is that's the biggest that's the biggest pro for the Chiefs, and and, and, and of course Jamal Adams. But and another pro for the Chief for the Chiefs side of it is you're getting Jamal Adams, who is arguably the best safety in the game. I mean, I, I don't see that. That's hey, come on, man. Now pro. Pro is you are coming off winning a Super Bowl and you do have a lot of great players locked up and you will have to pay Jamal Adams. And there's a thing about fit we just talked about. Fit is so important. And Jamal Adams is the best player in New York as far as, in fact, he's the best player in New Well, yeah, he's the best player in New York. With the Jets or the Giants, he's the best player in New York. Some people might say Saquon Barkley, but I'll, I'll go with Jamal Adams first. Jamal Adams is used to being the man. Jamal, and I know this is a a played out a played out um way of thinking, but athletes feel this way. We've seen it with with NBA stars. We've seen it with a lot of NFL stars. They want to be the man, and. Jamal Adams most definitely will not be the man if you go to the if you go to the Chiefs. He might not even be the second. He might be the third most important, well, most recognizable. Let me say, most recognizable player on the team. 
you know, you have Patrick Mahomes and then you have Travis Kelsey. He he's he recognizable wise or as terms of being recognizable, he's not going to be more recognizable than Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. So do you want to go to a team where you come from being the man to being just another piece? Yes, you're a very important piece. But do you really want to do you really just want to be one of the guys, even though you are one of the best and you will definitely help that defense because that defense came on at the end of the season. But in the be in the beginning or halfway to the beginning of the season, they were the regular old horrible defense and they were also down in the Super Bowl. If we do not remember. I, th- I believe they were down 20 to 10. So. One pro is you're adding, you know, you're going to a Super Bowl winning team and you're adding as as far as a team, you're adding one of the great one of the best safeties in the league. A con, especially for Jamal Adams, is you're just going to be another one of the guys. Do you really want to go from a, a, a spot where you were the man to just being one of the guys? So that's that. Let's go. Let's go to the 49ers, the team that lost the Super Bowl. One pro is you lose DeForest Buckner. Now, I know he plays a different position than Steven Adams or Jamal Adams, but you lose DeForest Buckner. And DeForest Buckner was one of your best players along with Nick Bosa. You pair Nick Bosa and Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams in the backfield, Nick Bosa at the line. That is a tandem that would be tough to stop. Very, very tough to stop. Along with Richard Sherman, that that would that would be a, a scary trio right there. And and you know you would you would definitely be. I feel you'll be neck and neck with probably one of, if not the best defense in the league outside of the Ravens. Well, you'll be pretty much neck and neck with the Ravens. Now, that kind of leads to the con. The defense wasn't the 49ers' problem last year. And the 49ers, while you did lose to Forrest Buckner, you did get a couple pieces in the draft and, and in trade. You did get fair compensation for DeForest Buckner. The 49ers' defense was their strength the entire season, and they're going to be strong next year. Do you want to give up pieces to get a player when you really don't need that player? The, you know, you need you need to shore up your your some wide receivers. You need to really make sure Jimmy G is that guy for you. You need to you need to continue to enhance the offensive line. You need to get some running back position. You know, you I know you have Debo. Well, Debo did hurt himself, so he's not going to be. I don't know. He'll probably be the start of the season. But you have you know Robert Morster. You have a couple um, Tevin Coleman, but you need to reassure some of the offensive pieces so do you really want to spend draft picks and spend players on in on on a defensive player when you really don't need him or do you want to use that trade equity to improve your offense so one pro for the 49ers is or for going to the 49ers is you're going to a team that just lost the Super Bowl, which means they're good enough to get to the Super Bowl, and you're going to an already stacked defense, and you're going to do nothing but improve the defense. On the other side, the con is the defense isn't their problem. Their problem is showing up some 
some question marks on the offensive side of the ball. And are you going to be able to maximize your talent on a team that doesn't really need you? You know? So that's for the 49ers. Let's go to the Eagles. Up front, I believe perfectly healthy. Perfectly healthy. The Eagles are the be- the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East. You have Carson Wentz, you have uh Flexer Cox if he comes back. You have a lot of well, he is a free agent, but if he if they pick him up, you have a lot of important pieces. You have um man. You have Jalen Mills, you have pieces that when healthy, like I said, is the best best team in the NFC East. So when you go to a team like that, especially a team that you're you will be strengthening their defense, then you have a viable pathway to the playoffs. Yes, all the I mean, you go to the Ravens, I mean that's that's maybe Super Bowl. You go to the you go to the Texans even with you there, I don't know if they will be able to to duplicate their success from last year. So I don't know even adding a Jamal Adams if they will be going to the playoffs. Chiefs, of course, they're going to the playoffs, but not really because of Jamal Adams, because of how great Patrick Mahomes and that offense is. The Eagles, you add Jamal Adams, they're prob- pretty much maybe for sure going to the playoffs. Now... The the Eagles con is different from anybody else's. The Eagles con is why the Eagles? <laughs> and I'm not saying that to say I'm not saying that to say like the Eagles are trash. Don't don't hear me. Don't don't get me wrong. But why the Eagles? As far as if you want to go to a team that has a better quarterback, you have the Ravens, you have the Texans, you have the Chiefs. If you want to go to a team where you can be an impact on the defense, you have the Texans, you have uh, the 49ers. If you want to go to a team that has great coaching, you have the Ravens and John Harbaugh, you have the the Chiefs and Andy Reid, you have the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. If you want to go to a team where you will make an immediate impact, you have the Texans. So it's like, why do you want to go to the Eagles? Don't get me wrong. You going to the Eagles means you're going to a good team. You will be going to a defensive team. I mean, you're going to a team where you will help the defense. And you're going to a team that is in prime, would be in prime position with you to be to go to the playoffs and maybe make a deep run. And don't get me wrong. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Uh, I forgot the coach's name. Um, Peterson, I believe, is a good is a good coach. You have it's a solid team, but it's like what you're looking for. They don't have the best when as far as as ter- in terms of category, they're not the best in any category. So one pro is you know you'll be you going to that team. You'll probably be the best team in the NFC East. And one con is if what you're looking for, if we're looking, if we're talking about, uh, uh, if we're talking about, let's say, if we're talking about bullets and, and rankings, 
it, out of all your needs and wants, they shouldn't, they probably won't be the top of any of them. So that's, that's, that's one con for the Eagles. Let's go to the Seahawks. Seahawks have arguably one of the best, if if not the best, in some people's eyes, quarterback in, in Russell Wilson. You have a solid coach in 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 Pete Carroll. You have you have an organization that knows winning. Now, no, they ha- their their history hasn't always been winning, but in the last few years or since Russell came, it's been known to win. So a con, a pro would be you'd go to a, a a organization that one needs you and two you have a really good shot of not just going to the P- Super Bowl I mean not just going to the playoffs but you have a good shot of going to the Super Bowl yes the Seahawks need to have a lot and I mean a lot of holes but those holes get filled quickly when you see the play of a Russell Wilson when you see. And you see how good the coaching is when it comes to to defense and and schemes. When we're talking about a, a Pete Carroll, you're going to a team where you can you can be quite viable for the Super Bowl when if everyone's healthy. The Seahawks with Jamal Adams would have something that they I don't think they've had since. I'm going to say the Legion of Boom, and that is close, close, close to a dominant defense because you added Jamal Adams. And and no, he doesn't he doesn't mask a lot of problems that they have, but he – well, no, let me say this. No, he doesn't com- like completely fix a lot of problems they have, but he masks a lot of problems. Let's say that. So they would have – they would have a, 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 a top 10 – let's say top five player in the offense and Russell Wilson, and they'll have a top five player as terms of defense and offense on the defense with Jamal Adams. So that would be a pro of going to the 49. I mean, going to the Seahawks, a con is you look at what's happening with, with Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney is still a free agent because he's asking for a lot of money. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. Jadavion Clowney is worth that money. At times, there are times and there are plays and there are even games where Jadavion Clowney takes 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 it off. Like it doesn't. It, I, I mean, you be watching like, oh shoot, I forgot Jadavion Clowney was was on this team. Oh shoot, I forgot Jadavion Clowney's even in the game. Like you'd forget that. But then there's some games that you look like the game the forty uh, against the Forty ers the Seahawks and the Forty ers Jadavion Clowney single handedly won them that game now yeah it was some heroics from the from Russell Wilson but defensively Jadavion Clowney was a monster in that game and it's like you he's still a free agent because they didn't want to they don't want to pay him the price tag that he's asking for fast forward to Jamal Adams Jamal Adams one reason why the 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 Jets are not or are pretty much letting him or he's demanding a trade from the Jets is because He's asking for the money that he feels he's worth. So would you go to the Seahawks, who is already in in an, uh, uh, a financial dispute or financial argument with Jadavion Clowney? Do you feel s- secure enough that they'll pay you? Because Jadavion Clowney is one of the when he's on is one of the top top players of his position. Jamal Adams is one of the top players in his position. 
will they get stingy and not want to pay him? So that's definitely a fear. That's that's a con. It's like, okay, I see what you're doing with Jadavion Clowney. Will you be doing that with me? And then a pro is you'll be sure you'll be you're you're playing with along one of the best players in in Russell Wilson and one of the best coaches in Peach Carroll. Peaches. <laughs> one of the best coaches in Pete Carroll. And it's like you will show up a defense who or a team that has has hung their hat on defense, even though you've, they've had Russell Wilson, they've hung their hat on. Defense. So, you know, that's a pro and con for the Seahawks. And now we get to the Cowboys, the team that a video came out. A fan was like, yo, Jamal, when are you going to go to the Cowboys? And he said, I'm trying. The biggest to me, the biggest pro about the Cowboys is I feel I feel that's where he wants to go. I feel he's from the South. I think he's from Dallas, I think. Um, I'm not going to say. I know he's from the South or Texas. He's from the South. He, he wants to be a Cowboy. He loves the Cowboys. For a minute, he's, you know, there's been reports that he wanted to be for the, he wanted to go for the Cowboys. You know, you'll play alongside Dak Prescott. You have my, uh, Matt McCarthy, who is the, or Mike McCarthy, who's a new coach. You got Zeke. You got Amari Cooper. You got CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you got, you got, uh, some pieces on the defense and you're going to a team that needs you. They need help at the safety position. So you get Jamal Adams that just shores up the team. And again, the biggest pro is I think he wants to go there out of all these seven teams. I believe that the Cowboys are, is the one team that he really wants to go to. Now, what con is, how good that defense is, you're still dependent on the quarterback. And while I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is 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 trash or anything, we've seen Dak Prescott and that team not be able to 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 run through the tape, for lack of a better term, or finish out strong. You know, you had you have uh, Sean Lee, you have. Um, Jalen, I forgot his name. Like you have players or Demarcus Lawrence. Like you have players, but it's like these players are good last year, but they still didn't make the playoffs. And now a lot of people can attest that to the coaching. And a lot of people think that's because of Dak Prescott. So it's like, not to mention, I feel that if you went to a team like the Eagles, that you would make them a better team. Now, yes, you'd make Dallas a better, a great team. On paper, Dallas would be probably one of, if not the best team in the NFC East. And on paper, completely healthy. And what we've seen for the success, if you go to the Eagles, you'd make them undoubtedly the best team in the NFC East. But again, how far can you go with Dak Prescott as your quarterback? How far can you go with some of the some of the some of the recent history of the Dallas Cowboys? No, I don't think I think if he goes to any of these teams, he'd be he'd be important and he'd be he'd make them incredible or incre- he'd increase their chances of going at least to the playoffs incredibly. But I think the biggest pro for the Cowboys is that's the team I believe he really wants to go to. Like, I think that's his number one team he wants to go to. And the biggest con is, again, how far can you really go with 
the Cowboys. So, again, Jamal Adams definitely deserves the money that he's asking for, the money that he warrants because he deserves. It. I mean, he's earned it. He's been he's been a Pro Bowler, or multiple time Pro Bowler. He's been the best player on your team, and the fact that he's giving you chance after chance after chance, you know, like now is the man to trade. Now, no. Just because you demand a trade doesn't mean he is going to get traded. I think he said I was like two years on his contract. They can reconcile. He can just be like, hey, I'm coming back. Hell, we saw RIP. We saw what happened with Kobe Bryant demanded a trade from the Lakers. They didn't trade him, in, and you see the rest is history. So, you know, it's we'll just have to see how it goes. But he definitely deserves the money that he's warranted or that he's asking for. Let's say that. And... We'll just have to see how that plays out. So, um, speaking of, I guess, staying with with football, Dak Prescott plans to sign the $31.4 million franchise tag. I believe if he he didn't sign it this morning, he'll sign it tomorrow or whenever. What does this mean? This means that one, Dak Prescott will get paid $31.4 million. This also means that Dak Prescott cannot hold out. Now I think they they have until like July something to get a get a deal done because a franchise tag isn't exactly a deal. It is just you are with us for the next year and we can't really trade you. You can't really, you know, can't get traded nothing like that cuz you're on a franchise tag. This does not allow Zach Press or Dak Prescott to hold out. As in, if he's not happy with the with the um, if he's not happy with the money from the franchise tag, or he wants more money, he can't then hold out. He has to play this entire season, unless he gets hurt or something. He has to play out the entire season under the franchise tag. If he doesn't get a deal done by July, whatever, or and even if he's not happy with the deal that they present him, and he doesn't sign it, he has to play. And he can't hold out because he signs the franchise tag. This is a huge win for Dallas because, again, while I don't think Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback, I think that his value to Dallas is unquestionable. His 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 value to Dallas, you can kind of now. Now, I know they play different sports, different positions, of course, but it's kind of like. Let's say let's say Draymond Green, Dak Prescott and Draymond Green kind of go hand in hand. Draymond Green on any other team is not nearly has as valuable as Draymond Green is to Golden State. Dak Prescott on Dallas. I mean, Dak Prescott is not nearly as valuable on any other team than he is on Dallas. And that is because not not only is he is he a solid player, but you look at the pieces around him. Dallas has always had one of, if not the best, offensive line. I mean, they're often nearly the entire offensive line year after year gets selected to the Pro Bowl, and they have future Hall of Famers on that offensive line. You look at the weapons that he has. You you have C.D. Lamb now. You have um, Amari Cooper. You have uh, I forgot homie's name, but but the other the other wide receiver, and you have Ezekiel Elliott. So that helps him a lot. And when they're all completely healthy, Dak wins a lot more. You have. A defense that, while 
they're going kind of through a transitional period. Their defense has been solid at least the last few years. When you look at Draymond Green, look at the pieces that he has. You have Steph Curry. You have Klay Thompson. You had uh, Kevin Durant. You had Andre Iguodala. You have Steve Kerr as a coach. When you look at the the when you look at what he needs to do, Dak Prescott. When everyone's healthy, he doesn't need to do much. You can hand the ball off to Ezekiel. You don't have to make the big plays all the time because you have so many good pieces when you're Draymond Green you definitely don't need to make the play all the time because you have a Steph Curry who's a future Hall of Famer and one of no is the best three-point shooter ever you have Klay Thompson who is a who is a two-way player lockdown defender and in my opinion the second greatest shooting uh three-point shooting player ever you know you had KD, who to me, when complete, like when the end of his career could go down as top ten, you had Andre Iguodala, who's a Finals MVP. Uh, you have so many pieces, but you're still important, and Dak is still important. So Dak Prescott's value to his team or to Dallas is unquestionable. Draymond Green's value to Golden State is unquestionable. The thing is. Dak Prescott is asking for some crazy, crazy amount of money. Now, yes, again, it goes back to the value. Yes, he's very important and very valuable to to Dallas. And Dallas, while they have um, Andy Dalton as a backup, you don't want Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback right now. We saw what just happened with Andy Dalton after the years and years in Cincy. You don't want him as your starting quarterback, even though he is capable of being one. He's not. Cap- I don't think he's capable of being one and and you going far, even or or even to the playoffs, especially in the NFC. Dak's asking for crazy money, so this franchise tag, of course, helps Dallas more than it helps Dak Prescott. Now, do I think Dak Prescott still has leverage? Maybe next year, because of Quinn. If you franchise tag him for thirty one point four million now, and you want to franchise tag him again, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot more money. But <sighs> Dak Prescott is going to get paid. Don't get me wrong. And I think I don't know they're going. He's going to get paid this year, or he's going to get paid next year. He's going to get paid this year. He's getting thirty one point four million, and I think. And this mostly helps Dallas because the, the reason why when you, when you look at Kirk Cousins, the reason why Washington continued to franchise tag him is because they weren't sold on the fact that he could be a franchise player. They weren't sold on the fact that okay, we we're not sure if we want to if we want to pay you franchise money. We're not sure we want to make you the quote face of the franchise so we're going to continue to franchise tag you and give you a give you a chance to prove yourself and most of those times those chances come in prime time big games which we've as we've stated on this podcast and how most people have stated Kirk Cousins has not come up big in big games now yes he did come up big against the Saints last year that was the first game I mean he has a losing record and I think he's only won one game in prime time in his career so that's why Washington wasn't really sold on Kirk Cousins enough to pay him a big contract. When we talk about Dallas and Dak Prescott, it's the same thing. Yes, uh, 
Dak Prescott's stats are incredible and has some all-time good stats, especially in uh, all-time great stats, especially for the start of a career. But when you look at some of the big games, when you look at the games against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, when you look at games they need to win, like against the uh, the Bills last year or or the Eagles last year or the Bears last year, and they came out looking flat and he came out and, and, and produced a dud each game, it's like, okay, is this the person? Of, yes, Dak Prescott is good and he's valuable to the team, but is this the person that we want to make, you know, make our franchise play or make the face of the franchise? So that's why I think this franchise tag definitely helps Dallas as much as it helps Dak Prescott. I mean, the only reason it helps Dak Prescott is you get paid million, and I believe because the franchise tag, all of that's guaranteed. So that's the only benefit for Dak. You know, you you lost your leverage when it comes to – you can't hold out because you signed the franchise tag. You can't really demand more – well, you can demand more money, but they don't have an incentive, incentive, especially this year, in paying you because you're planning to sign the franchise tag. So while it only helps Dak in getting paid – in the long term, it doesn't really help Dak. It more help or it helps Dallas a lot more. So that is uh, Dak Prescott signing the um, franchise tag. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We can talk briefly about what happened with Bubba Watson and NASCAR. So, as we know, what's going on in the world? You have Black Lives Matter. You have a lot of organizations, both sports and non-sports, come together and celebrate blackness. Pretty much put out statements and videos and releases saying they stand with black people. You know, we know what's going on with police brutality and police killing African-Americans at an alarming rate Um, in NASCAR who is one of the most, I'll just say it, one of the most segregated sports in all of America has come out because they do have an African-American racer in Bubba Watson. They've come out in the recent weeks and said they stand with black people. They stand with Bubba Watson, um, the Confederate flag has been huge, has been a huge staple for NASCAR, and they said they, they, they're going to ban it, or they banned uh, Confederate flags from being visible. And the race Sunday, I believe, Bubba Watson, like I said, is their only African-American racer, finds a noose in his stall. And as terms of, I'm sure this wasn't NASCAR, but there was a person flying a plane that had a Confederate flag, like hanging from the back of the plane in words that said defund NASCAR due to the fact that they banned Confederate flags. And we know how Southerners, especially, I'll say racist Southerners, feel about the confederate flag and here's what i'll say about this 
the reason why I'm not. Okay, so what NASCAR then did, they 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 may put out a statement. Um, you know, we're gonna find who did this. We're gonna we're gonna put all our efforts into finding who did this, and all of NASCAR and their racers pretty much walked Bubba Watson to his to the starting line. Of course, Bubba Watson came out. It, it was he was emotional, thanking everybody. You know, we are one. The second, third, and of course, it was an emotional scene while he was driving. Like I said, everyone was walking around. All of NASCAR was walking around him to the finish or to the starting line. Um, and here's 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 really how I feel about this, man. It's all about action. Like I said, I said that a, a couple podcasts ago. It's all about action. Yes, the the NASCAR says says that they are making progress and making steps to being more inclusive or no being more yeah inclusive and no being more let's say inviting to african-american fans african-american drivers and 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 people of color altogether. but here's the thing about nascar nascar is the same people I believe their commissioner came out when this when when Colin Kaepernick was doing what he was doing uh, as far as taking a knee for to to shine light on uh, how African-Americans are treated by police. I believe it was a commission that came out and said, if anybody in NASCAR decides and plans to take a knee. They will be fired immediately. They have no place in not only NASCAR, but they have no place in this country and they should get pretty much shipped out of the country. That's what the that's what I believe the commissioner of NASCAR said just 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 a couple years ago. This is the same place where a NASCAR driver said, I believe it was in a virtual race. He he used uh, he spewed racial slurs on a virtual race. This is the same NASCAR that just last year, the Confederate flag was not only allowed, but welcomed. And here's the thing about the Bubba Watson thing. Ain't no way, heaven or hell, I'm getting in to a racer stall. There's no way in heaven or hell a regular person is going to sneak their way Past security, past all these teams, past his team to get to the stalls to put a noose out of all things. There's no way in heaven or hell a average civilian is doing that. So what does that mean? That means that it had to be somebody inside of NASCAR to put this noose inside of Bubba Watson's stall. Or Bubba Watson's team stall. Which means that there are still people in NASCAR that does not agree that African-Americans are equal. Now, yes, we all know that not everyone agrees with everybody. Yes, we know that there's people in every in all forms of life that's not going to agree with you or that's not going to agree with what we feel is widely accepted or should be widely acceptable. We understand that there's people, hell, uh, Ray... 
Ray Cirilli, he quit after he found out that the Confederate flag was banned. Like, there's people that's not going to understand, but for you, NASCAR, that then say, no, NASCAR does not stand for this. NASCAR, this is not a representation of NASCAR. We don't agree with any of this. That is not true, because you've shown a you've shown a a regular your actions have shown that you support this now that's why it goes back to when i said actions need to speak louder than words at this point yes i'm not saying that all of nascar agrees with the person who ever put the noose in bubba watson's uh, stall and no I'm not saying that they're not telling the truth when they say okay we turned over a new leaf you know we stand with black people I'm not saying they're lying but what I'm saying is their words and their actions have have contradicted they're they're black people we welcome all black people speech for as long as i can remember and when i say as long as i can remember just last year or i believe it was the beginning of this year in a virtual race there was a player that spewed racial comments in a race and i don't even think he got i mean he might have got fined or something i don't even think he like got reprimanded so, like I said, for something like this, and shouts out to Bubba Watson, of course, being the only African-American racer. I believe he came in 14th uh, in the race. I know he was leading at one point, but uh, yeah, I believe he came in 14th. Shouts out to him for being strong, you know, being able to, uh, to, to be able to channel what's going on in the world, channel what's going on to him in his own sport and still being able to perform at a high level. Shouts out to all the players and, and everyone that supports him. But for NASCAR, for this to happen, and, and again, I'm not saying it's, it's all in NASCAR, but it had to be somebody in NASCAR to do this. Because, again, there's no way I'm going, there's no way, I don't care if I was, if I was, as white as this jersey right here. There's no way I am getting past everyone to put a noose in a stall of a racer. Not like a stall in the in a a regular stall that everyone goes to or a regular restroom. This is a racer's stall, which means this is past everyone. So you know it had to be somebody that can talk to Bubba Watson directly, somebody that's in NASCAR. So I say all that to say, man, at this point, no, this is, it's not all a NASCAR again, but this, you have, you know, it has to, it has, it has to put his actions. Now, yes, the, the, the whole walking Bubba to the, to the starting line and all of NASCAR walking, that was a good gesture. But you also have to realize there was somebody or at least a, a couple people that was walking with him to that starting line that also put the noose in his stall. 
So again, so again, it's it, it has to be actions, man. It's, it has to be actions. This is one of the most segregated sports in America. So it has in order to really show that you're turning a turning a new leaf. There, you shouldn't have had all of NASCAR shouldn't have had to walk Bubba Watson to the starting line because there shouldn't have been somebody to put a noose in the stall. So we just got to see how that develops, man. Um, let's see, moving forward. MLB, MLB is set to return, uh, I believe, July 1st. The commissioner uh, plans to impose a 60-game season. I don't know how this is going to work because I saw that the players rejected the owner's 60-game proposal. I saw that, and maybe a couple hours later, I saw breaking news, the MLB returns. So I don't know how it's going to go. I do know that there's still a big fear about players not only losing money, but players didn't want to play a 60-game season because I don't think they get paid as much as they were supposed to if they played a 70 or up game or up game season. Uh, we just have to see how that how that plays out. But for, as of right now, from what I read, you know, M- MLB is back July 1st, and that is they're asking players. Now, of course, you don't have to because they're asking, but they're asking players to return to the facility or to come to the facility. July 1st, especially that's if the facility is cleaned and and passes the uh, passes the the inspections and everything. So I don't know how this is going to (laughs) work. Of course, like everything, we have to wait and see. But as of right now, MLB is back. So shout out to them. And uh, before we go, the NBA and the WNBA is going is is hitting some roadblocks in his return to in this return and what i wanted to do as as we go is i wanted to give five reasons why the nba and wnba should start and to play devil's advocate i'm going to give five reasons why it shouldn't start let's start with the five reasons why it should and these are no no order yes i'm gonna say one to five and everything but there's no order so number five reasons why the WNBA, I mean the NBA and WNBA should start is you don't want the season to go to waste. Now this doesn't really pertain as much to the WNBA, but for the NBA, the season was already going on, and you don't want the 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 you don't want the waste. You don't want a, a year wasted. Of course, you have some of the stars or all the everyone's getting older, so you don't want to waste that year. You you don't want. To, pointless games and that's what they would be if they don't continue to play it'll be pointless because then you'll just be getting ready for the draft and summer camp and then the start of next season so that would be a waste so you don't you definitely don't want that number two i mean number four you have next year cba if you don't play this year you're going to have to rip up the cba contract and you have to build from the ground up and that's the last thing you want to do because if you do that you are it's probably a 90% chance if you don't play this year, there will be a lockout next year, meaning that can be a year and a half of no basketball. Well, let me say this. A season and a half of no basketball because you have the lockout and you have what's going on with the world with the corona. You don't want 
to not play because this has millions upon millions and even billions of of money of of financial losses that you don't want of course you're going to have to reconstruct players contracts you're going to have to reconstruct tv deals and team deals and and merchandise it's just you're going to have to start from the ground up and because of that more than likely there will be a lockout so that's why you definitely want if you play this year the cba or if you finish this year the cba will still be intact and you don't have a lockout for next year number three platform to this gives you a platform to create change one reason that you see some people are you we all see what's going on outside outside you know what i mean and we know that with the nba with the eyes on the nba that gives some of the stars and the, the league in general a platform to 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 not only put stuff on instagram and put stuff on social media but to and put videos out you have eyes watching and this is going to, you know, this is going to, it's a platform to really create change because you have fans and everyone that's just going to be there. And, and you can, if you, whatever messages you want to put across or send across, you can do that. Number two, players want to play. Some of the t top players, LeBron wants to play. A lot of players want to play. They don't feel like this is going to be an asterisk of whoever wins the championship. You have teams like the Lakers, teams like the Clippers, teams like Minnesota, not Minnesota, Milwaukee, teams like Houston that are have a really good shot of winning the championship. They want to play. They feel like, hey, this is their chance. You know, there's it's not going to be an asterisk because we all got to go through this. Like, they players want to play, especially the big players. When you have, like I said, a LeBron who is the face of the league, the best player in the league right now. And he said he wants to play. Then you have someone like Giannis, who is one of the best players, said they want to play. Kawhi Leonard hasn't really said anything, but he hasn't said he doesn't want to play. So we're going to assume that he does. I understand, you know, I, we want to play. So and, and we want to crown a champion. And number two, number one, we miss it. And as far as we, I mean, the fans miss it. Players miss it. We want to see basketball like we haven't been watching for for NBA fans. All we've been watching is re highlights and reruns and this, that, and the third. We haven't seen any live NBA, and we miss it. And because of that, you're going to get viewers. You're going to get uh, revenue flowing as terms of TV deals and stuff because you're going to have people watch because, like I said, there's some people, even though you know we're starting to open up, There's you're going to get a lot more fans because – you're going to be playing at the time. And, you, and, and, and again, we, we haven't been watching anything but highlights. So you're definitely going to get fans. And, and, and number one is we miss it. So those are the five reasons why the NBA should come back. Now, to play devil's advocate, here's the reasons why they should not, and, and this is WNBA as well, why they should not come back. Number five, the risk of injury is higher. You, it's hard to ask a professional athlete, it's hard to ask anybody to put your body through rigorous training to then start a season. Play half the season, then stop automatically and stop for four, five, six months. Then give those same players, what, a month of training to get back and play at a high level, not to mention at a higher level because you only have, what, eight games in the playoffs. For WNBA, you can't expect them to 
a lot of the players they haven't been playing because because the thing about the WNBA is the WNBA players a lot of them go overseas to play. But if there's been no basketball, and you expect a two like a two three week training camp and then go to play, the risk of injury is a lot higher because your body is starting to get adjusted back to playing basketball and then boom while it's trying to get back to regular basketball speed then you kick it up a notch to playoff speed and that's the last thing you want to put your body through so you have especially the high-end players players that are very important to the team and are are maybe quote like have have been injured before let's say that you they give you you have you're at higher risk of getting injured so that's number five. Number four is the isolation, the bubble. We understand there's like players like uh, Trevor Reza has already come out and said, I'm not playing due to the fact that I don't want to be in a bubble. I don't want to be isolated and not be able to see my family, not be able to see my kid. Uh, John Quill Jones have come out and said she's not playing. Players do not want to be isolated, especially for three months and especially when they will be the only ones isolated. Because you got to realize when the NBA starts, phase three and some some for some states, even phase four will be starting, which is a lot more stuff opening back up the world, getting closer to being back to what has been. You don't want to and players don't want to, especially if you don't have a shot at winning championship. Like a lot of players don't want to do that. So a lot of players, you know, it's going to be hard being being away from your family for three four months yeah you can facetime and everything but again it's i i understand it's going to be tough for them and and i, I would even question that too especially if what if for for some of the women what if you have uh what if you're pregnant what ha- or what if you're pregnant you're not playing but if you have an nba player what if you're what if your wife or or someone's pregnant what if you have a newborn? What if you have um, kids? What if you have, you know, a sick family member? Like, I understand it, it's tough, and I I would feel some type of way if I'm isolated. You know what I mean? Like, especially for three months in a hotel. Like, don't get me wrong, I like hotels. They're cool. Uh, I, I know they're comfortable, of course, and I see the amenities that they'll be having. They'll have catering whenever they want. They'll have uh, movie theaters. They'll have gaming room or gaming places they'll be able to go to other people's games or other teams games like i understand that but it's like do you want to do that for three months especially if you don't have a shot of winning a championship so that's number four number three and this is kind of what Kyrie was saying yeah you have a platform this could be a distraction for what's going on there's still african-americans dying to this day from police brutality and accidental hangings oh no i'm sorry suicidal hangings but it's like this will be a distraction which which i i can agree with that this would be a distraction for what's going on in the world lou williams has come out and said that stephen jackson has come out and said that dwight howard to a certain extent has said that it's like we do not want to distract people from what's going on with our african-american no with our black brothers and sisters And this, the NBA starting will definitely be a distraction. So I get that. Number two, not everyone's on board. Like I said, you have Kawhi, I mean, you have Kyrie Irving that's not sure if he wants to do it. Dwight Howard said he's not sure. Trevor Reese already came out and said he's not doing it. 
Lou Williams is still on the fence, even though he's come out and said he doesn't think that we should be playing. In the WNBA, like you have uh, uh, Cloud, is it Tasha? 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 I believe it's Tasha. Tasha Cloud and another player from the Mystics said they're not playing. Uh, I just said John Quell Jones, or yeah, John Quell Jones says she's not playing. There are not everyone is 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 up is 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 for this. And it's not going to look good when you have maybe 60% of the league um, coming back and other 40% saying, no, I'm cool, I'm going to stay home. That's not going to be a good look. That's not going to be a good product that you're putting on for fans, for TV uh, providers. That's not a good look. So that is a reason why you might just want to scrap it. And number one, and the biggest reason why they shouldn't start is the coronavirus. As we've seen, the coronavirus is still here, is still fighting, is still strong. And Florida, which is where the the NBA season would be starting, yes, yeah, in a bubble, but Florida just had what, like four thousand cases in one day. So while you want while you have the players there, the virus is still not under control. It doesn't seem like it's slowing down. There's no vaccine. And the the state that you're planning on putting all these athletes for months on end just recorded one of the most or one of the highest surges in recent, like highest surges in in a while in four thousand in one day. So that those are five reasons why they should start, and those are five reasons why they shouldn't start. I'm not saying you need to agree with. All of them. I'm not saying you need to be on one side or the other. I do. I'm just giving a reason. I'm just giving reasons why some people would be for the start. Some people would be against the start. I'm indifferent. I wanted to start, but I also think that I don't know if there's right guy. I mean, I, I hear what they're saying, but I don't know what the guidelines are uh, to keep these players safe. And I wouldn't want to be away from my family for three, four, five months at a time. Um, or three months with like no contact. I understand people are like, oh well, the NBA season's long and they're away. No, see, you have home games and you know you have games where if I'm in Chicago, if Chicago comes to to play Milwaukee, that's not that far of a drive, so family members can come. Like you have that option in regular season. In this bubble, you're not going to have that option. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely on the fence about it as well. Because, like I said, I, I want the season to start. I miss it. I want to see basketball. but and, and then again, I don't want nobody risking their lives just for a championship. You know what I mean? So, um, there you have it. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys for watching if you're a YouTube subscriber. Uh, please subscribe. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening to. That's Apple Podcasts. That's SoundCloud. That's Stitcher. That's Spotify. That's... Uh, Google Play, uh, YouTube, wherever you listen to it, please subscribe. Please subscribe, and I appreciate you guys. I love you guys, and until next time, much love. I might just hit it, bro. Hold on. That's on my element. I like dark skins. Love a melanin. Huh? Question Louis Vuitton. When I'm stepping in. 30 bottles up the zoo, tell them send them in. I had the Lambo, switch to the Brawry. I'm a gangster, but I like to party. Pop a perky, go retarded. 
I'm a Brooklyn nigga, I'm cold hearted. That's why I like the back, yeah. Like Riri. Every time she see me, she wanna eat me. Hold on. I saw like Justin Bieber. Please believe me. I said, wow, I'm on the TV. I can't fuck with broke bitches, they be creepy. She be acting up, she always tryna leave me. But she a bad girl, and she freaky. I have her hanging off the wall like she mean me. I never hit a bitch more than once, cause they be leeches. But her pussy good, it tastes like peaches. But she can have it, I don't need it. I'd rather have my money green like kiwi. I don't talk to niggas, cause they be capping. Disrespect me, and see what happened. I don't make a call for war, start snapping. But it's blasting, all I have smack. That I laughed him, he said we're stacking, nothing but my money. Remember my pockets flat, now they chunky. I ain't a pretty boy, but I ain't ugly. And I'll take your bitch in a second. If she a real one, then I'll protect it. Traded the AP, told my jeweler protect it. And it's all BBS and flower settings. I might just hit it draw, hold on, that's how my element. I like dark skins, love a melanin. Huh, Christian Louboutin, when I'm stepping in. 30 bottles up the zoom, tell them send them in. I had the Lambo, switch to the Brawry. I'm a gangster, but I like to party. Pop a perky, go retarded. I'm a Brooklyn nigga, I'm cold hearted.